Hello, I'm Piero Vitelli, and welcome to Dancing in the Line of Fire, a podcast series exploring presentations and how to deliver them. Remember, the invitation is there for you to contribute your thoughts on Twitter using the hashtag Dancing in the Line of Fire, all one word, and I'll be addressing your comments as best I can in the final episode. But now, let's blow the whistle to start Chapter 8, a physical warm-up. I was once paid to travel several hundred miles for a coaching session to help prepare the CEO of a telecommunications company for their annual conference. It had been at the request of his internal comms team, and I'd been warned that his delivery needed a little help. They sent me his script, I replied with a standard coaching session outline, and we then agreed to meet at their offices. After exchanging pleasantries and asking him what he wanted to achieve during our session, we got started. And when I asked him to run through his presentation for me, he handed me a copy of his script. I said that I'd already read it, and if I was to coach him, I actually had to see him deliver it. He visibly squirmed, sat down, took his pen out, and suggested that we go through it line by line together and look for any improvements that we might make. Mindful both of my fee and his discomfort, I agreed, and when we had completed the task, I asked him once more if he was now ready to run through it. He hesitantly agreed, but said he needed to pop to the loo first. A few minutes later, he returned in somewhat of a hurry, mentioning an urgent call that he had to make, thanked me quickly for my time, and then disappeared. The lady from internal comms who'd hired me saw me leave his office, checked her watch, raised her eyebrow, and said, I guess we'll have to try again next time. Benjamin Franklin once said that failing to prepare is preparing to fail, and whilst I won't disagree with him, I will say that sometimes you can busk a presentation and give a decent enough performance through instinct, luck, and sheer determination, but it is very much hit and miss. So let's say that failing to warm up is preparing a rather shabby excuse for failure, which isn't quite as catchy, but it is no less true. The CEO's reaction was completely understandable and remarkably common, as, let's face it, who wants to look silly in front of a relative stranger? But surely that's better than looking awkward in front of a thousand members of your staff that you're trying to motivate. It seems to be something almost exclusive to the world of presentations, as there are so many other activities where you wouldn't dream of starting them without warming up. Can you imagine going to a football stadium to watch your favourite team take on the challenge of an important match, only to see the players walk out onto the pitch for the start, and on hearing the whistle, they begin to stretch, jog on the spot, and make windmills with their arms whilst grimacing? You'd probably want your money back. And the same is true for the audience of an equally unprepared presenter, yet so many choose to do this. You're listening to this podcast because you are a presenter and a willing one at that. In other words, 
you choose to put your body in the completely unnatural setting of a presentation, that is to say, in front of tens, maybe hundreds of people, and your body protects you from humiliation and rejection by putting you into fight-or-flight mode. Your brain instructs the release of adrenaline into your bloodstream, and your heart rate increases, blood flows to your muscles, and your body prepares itself for attack. From a physiological point of view, this is absolutely ideal if you find yourself being pursued by a large predator across open fields, or needing to square up to an attacker in a dark alley. But it's really not very helpful at all if you're standing on a podium, under hot lights, trying to look professional and about to share the financial projections for the next year to an audience who can sense your awkwardness and smell the buffet lunch being prepared in the foyer outside and know which they'd rather pay attention to. Your heart is pounding, you can feel the sweat starting to form on your brow, and your mind is struggling to remember anything you had planned to say. Why does this happen? For all sorts of reasons, but among them would certainly be because you didn't want to rehearse in front of a coach the week before, and you didn't give him the time to show you how to warm up before walking onto the stage. The thing about nerves is that if you don't have them, they have you. And the only way I know of controlling them is to warm up. To do this, you'll need some space and, depending on how you feel about looking a bit silly in front of other people, some privacy. Warming up is a gentle activity and you should do nothing that causes you pain in any way. The easiest way to start is to think back and remember what you did this morning when you first got out of bed. Stretching is a wonderful way of waking the body up, and if you can combine it with a yawn, so much the better for your voice. Lace your fingers together, and then turn your palms away from you and push out. Then lift your hands straight up above your head. As you bring your hands down, roll your shoulders forwards, up, back, and then down again. Now stretch your hands out to the side and see if you can touch the walls on both sides of the room you're in. Can you? No? Then how about the walls in front and behind you? Try with one hand forward and the other backwards. Did that work? If not, Try with your arms the other way around. You never know. Next, shake your hands and arms as though trying to dry them without a towel. First gently and then a little more vigorously. You'll notice afterwards that your hands feel a little tingly and warm, which is just what you want. Next, drop your head forward and let your chin fall onto your chest. Slowly, Roll your head over your left shoulder, back, to the right, and forwards again. Don't push, and do it very carefully. You don't want to get a crick in your neck. Now roll your head the other way, and make sure your shoulders stay loose at the same time. A great way to loosen up is to let the top half of your body fall forwards, so drop your head forward onto your chest again 
And then imagine that your vertebrae, all 23 of them, roll forward one by one until your whole torso, head and arms are hanging in front of you with your legs keeping you firmly and safely on your feet. When you are hanging like this, you might give a little wobble to your head to make sure your neck isn't tense and also shake your shoulders a little and let your arms flop around a bit. When you're ready, you can slowly roll your spine up. Imagine that you're stacking one vertebra onto another until you're stood straight up. If doing this makes you feel lightheaded at any point, stop and rest. As I said, warming up is a gentle process. And if you're feeling silly at any point, remember that other people are doing serious things right now, like data input customer service and rocket science. You? You're just standing in a room enjoying the freedom of loosening your body. What's not to like about that? Next, it's time to think about your lower body. So rotate your hips slowly in a circular motion. Front, side, back, other side and front again. Just like Elvis or just like your version of Elvis. Scan your body for any tension appearing anywhere in your neck, shoulders, arms, fingers, and direct your attention there to make sure those areas stay relaxed. As you continue to rotate your hips, perhaps now in the other direction, start to get a sense of how all the parts of your body fit together. Then, one at a time, Lift a foot off the floor and rotate it in a circular motion, perhaps flexing your toes as you do. Give your lower leg from the knee down a shake too and move it in a circle. Now shake your whole leg as though trying to flick off water droplets from your toes. And then go through the whole process again for your other leg. After that, Rock forwards and backwards from your heels to the balls of your feet and feel your muscles first stretch and then release down the back of your legs. And spend some time scanning all over your body again to release any tension that you find. As you do this, I'll read to you the voiceover script from a Booper advert from the late 1990s, which describes the human body and should give you something to think about as you flex, stretch, and get your body ready to perform. The most amazing machine on the planet can run on any terrain. It has hundreds of miles of electric circuitry and over a thousand moving parts. It can withstand impacts that would dent steel plate and repair its own bodywork without leaving a single blemish. It can travel for miles on a few cups of water and take to the air more gracefully than a rocket. Every model is different, a one-off built to order. And if you look after it properly, this machine will last a lifetime. Over time, I'm sure you'll discover other exercises that work better for you than mine, and perhaps invent some new ones of your own. Whatever it is that you do in order to physically prepare yourself, it's something that you must do if your audience is to receive a presentation from someone who's not just intellectually and emotionally prepared, 
but physically ready too. Many people who attend my workshops are sceptical about the value of warming up, and if I fail to persuade them, I ask if the following description in any way resonates with them. Imagine yourself five minutes before a presentation. There having been a dull knot in the base of your stomach for hours, perhaps days now, the nerves start to rapidly increase as the moment of truth approaches. Your breathing becomes more shallow. Your thoughts flit wildly between trying to remember what to say, imagining the audience's response, and an increasing awareness of the physical symptoms of nervousness that have started to manifest throughout your body. Now, imagine yourself at the start. You reach the podium. You look out over the audience, squinting into the bright lights. Your palms are now sweaty, your throat dry, and you feel as though you're about to jump off a cliff. You do, and as you say, good morning, your voice sounds distinctly unlike your own, and you feel as though you're almost having an out-of-body experience. Now scroll forward in time to five minutes into your presentation. Ah, the audience, there they are, I can see them now. You've somehow managed to get this far, and you're not dead. Phew! You glance down at your notes, and have a recollection of writing them before. Yes, this bit, this bit looks familiar. You carry on. Advancing through time once more, imagine yourself now ten minutes in. Wait, this is over halfway. They seem to be listening. This is all right. You can now see the shape of the whole presentation, and it's in focus. Where you are in it, what's coming up next, what you're saying, and you're even on the right slide in your PowerPoint deck. How you got here, you have no idea, but it doesn't matter now. You're on the home straight and getting into your stride. Now imagine yourself 15 minutes in and starting to wrap things up. Wow, this is amazing. Rock and roll. Bring it on. I've got some game now. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Anyone have any questions? If this, or any of this, or anything like this is familiar, the experience that presenting gets easier as you do it, then please consider taking one thing away from this episode. You don't actually have a choice about whether or not you warm up, because it's a decision made by your unconscious in response to where your body finds itself, which is directly in the line of fire. The only conscious choice you have is, like the footballers, whether or not you respect your audience enough to warm up beforehand, because if you don't, you will warm up during it. So why not do it before you start, and give yourself the best chance you could to do the best job you can? And seeing as you're about to dance in the line of fire, you might as well sing too. And for that, you need to warm your voice up which is our topic for next time. Thank you for listening, and I hope you found this podcast worthwhile. Please join the conversation on Twitter using the hashtag Dancing in the Line of Fire, all one word, and help shape the content of the last episode with your comments and questions. 
If you want to find out more about the work I do, then visit island41.com and I hope to have your company next time. <laughs>